Hey there, welcome back to the Fierce Warrior Women podcast. We are now at the end of a year and a decade. That's right. It is probably the second to last episode of 2019 and what a year it has been. Thank you so much for your support and listening to the first 10 episodes. We are upping our game in 2020. But to end the year, I know that a lot of you might be like me thinking ahead to 2020 and all that you want to accomplish in a new year, in a new decade. You're probably doing some reflecting. So I wanted to bring back Lisa Lacasse, our life and health coach, who was awesome last week in sharing her trends to transformation story with us. And I really wanted to dig in and dive deep for those of us who are maybe struggling to really make long-term health change. What do we do if we really want this upcoming decade to be the best one we ever experience and we want to do it in a healthy way and finally get off the dang roller coaster? What do we do? What do we what's getting in our way and how do we stop dealing with the same struggles over and over again and finally make progress that's going to last. So I asked Lisa to come back on and do a little training for us. And like I said last time, we tried this one online in a video format. The audio, it's not perfect, but you know what? I think you'll still see the value in the training. So enjoy this training from Lisa. She's going to help us figure out how to not only make health changes and meet our health goals in 2020, but how do we turn that into a lifelong commitment to our own health? Enjoy. Welcome to the Fierce Warrior Women podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Noel, and each week you and I are going to sit down and talk about what it takes to get out of life's trenches, how to be courageous and confident as you fight for the life that you want. It's my hope that you are going to walk away feeling empowered to be the fierce warrior of your own life. Hey everybody, Lisa Lacasse has joined us again right before not only a new year, but a new decade. And Lisa's here and has agreed to give us an amazing training because she was kindly listening to me as I was complaining about how I am still struggling with this whole health thing, that I'm still on the roller coaster, the up and down health roller coaster, not just with weight but with energy and exercise and I told her I was sick of it and that I can't believe after all this time and all this effort I'm still on the roller coaster and she was kind enough to agree to share with us the three things that we're doing that are getting in our way of making long-term change and the three things we need to start doing so that we can make the decade ahead the healthiest we've ever lived so Lisa thank you for coming Please, can you just introduce yourself again to the audience who maybe missed you on your first visit on the Fierce Warrior Women podcast? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Jessica. Um, my name is Lisa Lacasse, and I'm a health coach for women who want to take control of their health and weight. I love to work with those women who have tried everything and nothing's worked. And, you know, usually that means we're a little bit older, but um, we're not ready to give up. We got lots of stuff to do here yet. And, I've been through the transformation myself and um, I've actually became a behavior modification specialist and I really love to just do small, sustainable things so that we can live our best life regardless of how old we are. 
Amazing. So let's jump right into the training, everybody, because I want to make sure that you guys get the most value from this. Lisa has laid out three things that we need to stop doing in 2020 to make these long-term health changes. And I think you're going to be thrilled by what they are because I know a lot of women who struggle with these three things. So let's just dive in. First, Lisa, you said that the first thing we need to stop doing is we need to stop focusing on what worked in the past. Tell me a little bit about what do you mean by that? Stop work, focusing on the things that worked in the past. And if we stop doing that, then what should we start doing? Exactly. So, um, so many of us focus on the past instead of what's right for us right now. As women, especially, each decade brings like new changes, new hormonal changes, changes in our body. You know, maybe you did something right out of college that worked for you, but you hadn't had children then and you didn't have all the, the, the struggles that come along with that. And um, so just because it's worked in the past doesn't mean that it will work for you now. And if it worked in the past, did it really even work? So you may, well, I can tell you myself personally, I lost maybe 25 pounds with one of the commercial programs that was packaged food. You'd go in every week and check in, pick out your food for the next week. It was so exciting and you'd weigh in and you'd lose weight. And um, so I really thought that that worked because I did get the weight loss that I was looking for. Now I was only like 25, so it wasn't that hard to lose weight, but, um, but did it really work if then I had to lose that weight again? And um, so many of us yo-yo diet, so we think something worked, but if we're yo-yo dieting, it, it didn't, it didn't last. So it didn't really work. We didn't really learn what we were supposed to learn or implement the things, you know, um, so many of us struggle to lose weight, but losing weight is actually the easy part. Maintaining it is the hard part. So, um, we just definitely need to, you want to look at your wins. Like maybe they came more from diet than they did for exercise and definitely acknowledge that, you know, your body reacted well to something, but also know if you're, if you're out of your twenties, which I think most of us are, um, what worked in a previous decade is probably not what's going to work for you now. So, what do we start focusing on? If, we're, if we've stopped, we're throwing all the stuff, all the old programs, all the rules that we used to follow back when we would lose 10, gain 15. If we're not focusing on that anymore and we're ready to look at today, what should we look at and what should we focus on? Okay, so this goes back into listening to your body that we spoke about briefly on the previous episode. And, um, you, your body knows um, what it needs and what it doesn't need. You know, you might, I had a craving about a month ago for beets <laughs> and I do like beets, but I don't love beets. Um, but there were vitamins my body needed. And it's the same thing with exercise and it's the same thing with sleep. Um, but so often we ignore those cues to the point that we can't hear them anymore. So you just get used to not having energy and you think that's normal or you get used to not, you know, to being tired all the time and you think that's normal and it's truly not. So um, this is where like a coach comes in and can get you back on the right track and, and point out the things that you should be feeling or you shouldn't be feeling. And um, it's really all about listening to your body and, 
you know, the next few steps too will help us with what we should be doing as well. So we'll go on to those. Okay, got it. So we've stopped focusing on the past and instead we need to start listening to our bodies today. All right. So step two, you said the thing we need to stop doing is we need to stop the extremism, which I think I know where you're going with this because I know usually I can be really extreme when it comes to my health. So why do we need to stop being extreme, especially those of us who kind of think we have extreme personalities and maybe even do well? I'm not saying we're not delusional, but if we need to stop being extreme, then what should we start doing? Yeah, so this is another thing that totally leads into the whole yo-yo dieting and the cycles we go through with binging because what happens is we jump in, we decide we're going to lose weight. So we kind of starve ourselves and then two or three days later, we're literally starving and we start just eating everything in front of us and then we feel guilty and we kind of go back and forth between the guilty and the deprived when we're too extreme with our diet but what we want to go through what we're going towards the goal is to just have small wins so um i love the story of one of my clients who did start on a weight loss journey and we were able to identify that one of the things was she was eating just too much fast food and um she had to go buy a mcdonald's on the way to work and so she would just cruise through the drive-through. She'd pick up a, I, I don't remember, it was some breakfast sandwich and a hash brown and a coffee, of course, with all the goods, not healthy, but yummy stuff in it. And then um, it looked pretty harmless. It wasn't supersized or anything like that. But, but then on the way home, it was kind of the same thing. She knew she was gonna go and make dinner, but that wasn't gonna come out till an hour or two later. So she'd grab a sandwich and a soda or whatever it would be that particular day. And um, she decides she's going to, like, that's kind of obvious to cut back on that or take that out of her um, daily routine. But what she found was um, a day or two into it, she would be driving to work and she'd actually have physical symptoms where she'd get near that McDonald's and her mouth might start to water and she'd be having visions of, you know, Big Macs dancing in her heads kind of thing. And uh, she'd She'd drive by, um, but then she'd get to work and the cravings were like keeping her away from her focusing. She did have those physical reactions that we have when we think we're going to eat. Um, so she would eat anything that was in the break room, which usually was donuts. And um, it just wasn't working for her. So we came up with this really, really, genius plan to just take a different way to work where she didn't pass the McDonald's. And I'm joking about that. It's actually super simple. She couldn't quit her job. She needed to go to her job. Um, she couldn't turn off those physical symptoms that she was having, but she could drive a different way to work. And by not seeing those golden arches a block or so ahead and not having to drive by and maybe even smell the smells, um, she was able to overcome her little McDonald's addiction. And when she got to work, she wasn't thinking about food. And, you know, she would some days take a, a healthy breakfast option with her, that kind of thing. But it, it was just that small win. And, you know, then it, it, it transformed into other things. But we just have to start with something small. And we need to figure out what that is. And 
We don't have to like say we're not gonna ever eat at McDonald's again. We don't have to do these big crazy things. We have to find something small, like driving a block out of the way or taking a different road. And those are the things that are sustainable. There's, unless they close another road down, she can do this every day for the rest of her working career. And that's so funny to me. We, we may laugh at how simple, seemingly simple, or really you couldn't drive by, but I can't help but think of Pavlov's dogs or the effects of advertising. I mean, how many times, how many of us have been watching the commercial for you fill in the blank, you know, Starbucks brought back that crazy calorie drink that I can't remember, but it's always in the fall. And you'd think I know, but clearly I'm not a fan. Or the latest thing from the, you know, McDonald's or whatever. And we think that we're not training ourselves, but we actually are. And everything around us, advertising alone, that's the whole purpose of it. So we've become, it's like she was training herself by going by the McDonald's and indulging and going in there. And what you don't realize is that as you're making that choice over and over and over, you are training yourself up here, but even in the subconscious and you're, I mean, like you said, she's finding herself salivating, which yeah. seems silly, but you've trained yourself to do that just the way Pavlov trained the dogs when you hear the bell, they would start salivating. We're, yeah, we're exactly all mammals. It's, we're all mammals. These things, we can train ourselves to do these things. But interesting that that one little shift of, I'm not gonna go that way to work, completely cuts off the trigger. So that's huge and it's, so I love that. So let's yes, stop being is, extreme. That is the trigger and when the trigger is removed or the stimulus, um, exactly what you said, it's a Pavlov's dog thing, um, it becomes easier. Like it's just, it's so much easier to not fight those physical symptoms than it is to overcome them. And, you know, I also tell the story about um, a, a girl with her, at Christmas time, she would put Hershey Kisses, the red and green ones, on her desk at work in a bowl. And um, we kind of figured it out. One Hershey Kiss has 13 calories, and they're sugar calories, by the way. <laughs> but um, so if she had two to three Hershey Kisses on working days only while she was at work, at the end of one month, she would have gained over a pound. There's enough calories that that's what it adds up to, and there's sugar calories, as I mentioned. Now, we were being very kind and assuming she had two or three in a day. Like, Does anyone only have two or three? <laughs> I usually grab a handful. And, um, and so, but you can also imagine if it was little Snickers bars or something that's even a little bit higher in calories, how quickly that adds up. So, I, I, as a, as a matter of fact, and I don't think I even told you this, Jessica, I did talk to her recently, and this year at Christmas, she is not putting the little candy bowl on her, on her counter, but, you know, if, if that candy bowl hadn't been there, she would not have gone out of her way to find two or three Hershey Kisses or more to plop into her mouth each day at work, so definitely removing the stimulus altogether, but it, it can be just something small. It's not like we're cutting out dinner. We're cutting out a few Hershey kisses here and there. So love it. 
So stop the extremism, focus on the small things you can do consistently, love it. Okay, so the third and final one, Lisa says, in order to finally make long-term change in the next, in the new decade here, that we need, and I love this, there's been a lot of research about this, we need to stop waiting for the motivation. So Lisa, People are always looking for motivation. I know if I want to get myself to work out, I can go onto YouTube and watch some fit person work out and I'll probably have a little more motivation to work out. But you say to stop focusing on that. So tell us why we need to stop focusing on motivation and then what do we start focusing on? Yeah, so motivation is great. Motivation is also a two-way street. You might find that fit person that you mentioned and they might pump you up. They also may make you feel down about yourself. That's happened too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're all gonna have days where our motivation's better than another day. And I'm sure you notice this in every year of your life. There's days where um, maybe you go to the mall and you just don't feel like anything there is worth spending your 20 bucks. And there's other days where your 20 bucks, you don't even know where it went and you know, and, and it's just like what we're going through, all the, all the emotional things and all the stressors and that kind of thing. But we can't, you can't grow your motivation. Like you can't practice it sort of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a mood, a feeling. And so what we can do is build healthy habits. So if you get up every morning and you've got your workout clothes laying there and that's what you just put on there's a great chance that you're going to go work out if you wake up and you only put it on when you're motivated you're probably not as likely to work out as regularly and um like i can use the example too i had a woman who was trying to quit her soda habit and she really it wasn't that she didn't like water, it was that she really liked soda. <laughs> so what we started doing was this small habit of anytime she would eat or drink soda, she would just use have water first and she'd try to drink at least an eight ounce cup, maybe more. And by the time she'd get to her soda, she'd still love that taste and that fizz and all that other stuff. Um, but she couldn't drink as much soda as she was used to drinking. Mm -hmm. So she didn't mind the water, but it naturally cut back on her soda. And it was the same thing at mealtime by filling up on water. She didn't, she, her stomach, her brain would recognize that her stomach was full much sooner. So just the, the habit of drinking water before anything else, like maybe 15 or 20 minutes ahead was enough to pretty much break a soda addic addiction. Um, she can now have it, like I said, a little bit, um, or she can have it once in a while and it tastes good, but it's not an addiction like it was. And it was all from getting into the habit of drinking water. So that's something small, like there are people I know who have a health problem and they can't go out and run every day or whatever. But anybody can drink water. I have not yet met a person that is allergic to water, <laughs> so yeah. So this is great. So to recap, Lisa is saying if we wanna achieve long-term health in the new decade, we need to first stop focusing on our past and instead, Lisa, focus on? 
focus, focus on what you need right now, what's right for you right now. And then we need to stop being extremists and instead, we just wanna go for small wins. The little McDonald's story, we wanna find small things that we can change that are gonna make huge results over then, time. They might not make them instantly, but you know, one day at McDonald's, honestly, one day at McDonald's isn't going to hurt you just the way it's not going to fix you either. So I'm not saying you can never go to McDonald's, but going on the way to work and on the way back every day, not good. So yeah. And then so, finally, stop waiting for the motivation and... And just start focusing on simple habits so that even on the days that you don't feel motivated, you still can, can do what it is that you need to do, whether it's working out. If you don't, if you're in the habit of coming home and doing your chores or whatever it is, as opposed to sitting on the couch right away, you're much like, less likely to spend time sitting on the couch all night. So it's just getting into simple routines, simple habits that you don't even need to think about that then you can sustain those, those actions because they're habits. Thank you, Lisa. So here's, here's what I'm wondering because I know there are women out there like me who have been on the health roller coaster, up and down, weight up and down, they want to make, a, they're sick of it, like me. I'm just sick of it. And I know that could I maybe make change in this upcoming decade? Yes, I'm sure I probably will to some extent. But I just don't tend to be as good when I don't have some guidance. One, I would have never thought of that McDonald's trip thing. I would never have, if I were in her shoes, I would have needed someone to point that out to me that that was actually an issue. So we don't normally see all of the things when, we, you know, it's hard to hold a mirror up to yourself and really see reality. And then on top of it, I tend to just be better when someone is alongside, is guiding me, someone to give me the motivation even when I need it or just someone to be accountable to, or just someone that I know is checking on me and cares. So if we know that we need someone like you to come alongside us and say, look, I'm gonna help you along this path, how do we work with you? Okay, so um, first of all, I just wanna say that the, the accountability, the motivation, the, the strategies are like, huge. <laughs> they really are. And um, I offer a 12-week program. It's called Aging Backwards. Um, you know, when we are doing the yo-yo dieting, like we can find success, but when we're not able to sustain it, we are blowing out our metabolism. We are making it so much harder down the road. And um, that's, and we're always struggling. Like nobody wants to be in a constant state of struggling. So implementing these small habits are great. And a lot of us think like, you know, we'll do that. We, at some point we're going to do this, but what we're also doing when we do that is we are creating the habit of procrastinating. And again, you're never going to get where you want to be if you're habitually procrastinating and, and like you had said about training your brain before you're training your brain 
eh, I'll worry about that later. So, you know, whether it's me or whether it's anybody, it, there really is a benefit to working with the coach. And it's not, does the does coaching work? It's, are you coachable? And is it important to you? And if it is, and it should be, because to be better for everyone else, you know, it should, it, it's going to help you along. But I offer a 12-week um, coaching package. It's called Aging Backwards. And it teaches you all, like, it, it teaches you all the habits that you need to start implementing. It gives you a tool belt full of things that you can use going forward that are simple and that are sustainable. And um, you get you get emails each week with like a lesson and a workbook. And then I meet one-on-one with whoever it is that I'm coaching that at that time. And we will look at your personal issues and the things, the trips to McDonald's, buy McDonald's on the way to work that um, can benefit you. Because I don't believe that just sending you things via email, you know, I don't want to get back into that groove of assuming that what's right for one person is going to work for everyone. Mm. Yes. And thank you. I'm so glad that you're sharing that with us because I know there are women like me out there who are like, I need to make the change. And I finally realized it. I'm at an age now. Look, I'm not old. Come on. I mean, 35. I'm almost 36. I'm not old. But the truth of the matter is, is by now I know myself well enough to know that I need help. I'm just, my personality isn't when it comes to my health. I, I'm just not as dedicated. I'm not as committed to my own health. I could continue to judge myself for that and make myself feel bad and keep trying the different programs and the different things. Or I could just accept the fact that I need help and that that's probably going to be a lifelong commitment. I know that's not the goal of Lisa's programs. I know that she wants you to graduate on and all that. But I kind of also think of it like, you know, like counseling or a good, you know, couple sessions where you, you know, a good retreat kind of thing where it's like, you know what, she gives you the tools and the strategies that you need at that time and you go off and you go do your thing. But sometimes you might feel yourself like me right now today, I'm slipping. And if I don't catch myself, this is going to get really ugly really fast and I need someone's help. So I'm going to be joining with Lisa to get her coaching help. If you're interested in getting one-on-one support in a program that's personalized to your needs, Lisa, where do they find more information? Okay. Um, the best place actually for the coaching program itself would probably be my website, which is www.coachlisalacasse.com. Um, Jessica, we can put that in the comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm also on Facebook, on Instagram as Coach Lisa LaCasse. Uh, but, you know, you can comment below here and we can do it that way. But um, And we'll provide a link for the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, but also what Jessica said, my greatest victory is when somebody graduates. That means, you know, they've got it now and they can have, like, it worked for me. And so I feel like, honestly, I'm honestly just a normal person. <laughs> and if I can do it, anybody can do it. I did it at age 49. I'm 51 now, so it's sustainable. Um, but I, it's just my passion, and I feel so great. I want everybody to be able to have those results as well. Well, thank you for being here, Lisa. You guys, we will put in the commentary, we'll put links, and then also, of course, on the podcast, there will be links to Lisa's information. 
and let me know if you decide to join because I want to support you on your journey as well. I'll be sharing more about my journey and of course we're always going to be asking Lisa to come back because she's full of all sorts of amazing knowledge. So Lisa, thanks for joining us again and we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fierce Warrior Women podcast. Subscribe so that you are notified every time that I post a new episode. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Take care.